Amidst the grounds of the Miskatonic University stands a grim archive. Within lies a collection of the darkest secrets known to mankind. But visitor beware, for what horrors lie within their pages. Can you resist their maddening call, or will you succumb to the tales from the Orna Library? Tonight's story, Long Way From Home, Part 7, Gone Walkabout. Previously, our investigators managed to narrowly escape punishment by paying off Cookie after he threatened to turn them over to Dr. Weber for snooping around. That night, they all resolved to leave the next day. Their plans were accelerated, however, after Louie and Chuck secretly followed Dr. Weber that night to a dugout on the outskirts of the compound. There, they witnessed the horrifying way in which the thick water is created. Louis went into a bout of madness, desperately trying to get into the dugout. This caught the attention of the entire camp and caused Weber to snap, attacking the party. But with a well-aimed bullet to the head, they ended his life. We pick up now in the aftermath of that fight. And welcome back, listeners, to the Tales from the Orn Library. Tonight is part seven of Long Way From Home. We pick up at the end of the action. Louis lies unconscious on the ground. Dr. Weber lies in a pool of his own blood on the ground, a bullet hole in his forehead. What do you guys do? Well, I remember in last time... I, I told the other nurses to call the local authorities. Okay. Currently, uh, Renee is just hysterical at the moment, uh, screaming and terrified. Hmm. Um. I I mean I don't know I I don't think Orson would do anything really. Okay. Oh, actually. The I, I remember the last time that when we left off, it was uh, the monster was kind of like retreating back into the dugout, right? Correct. Okay. So, I uh, we we caught a glimpse of it, and I think that's where we left off. Um, mm-hmm. I think Orson kind of wants to look over again, like he 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 retracts, uh, obviously. Uh, but then he kind he's morbidly curious. He wants to uh, see it again. Are you going to look in the dugout? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Make a sanity check for me. <laughs> that is definitely not okay. <laughs> yeah, you look over the edge and you see this undulating amorphous mass of eyes and tentacles and it looks at you. Every single eye seems focused on you and you need to make an intelligence. Um, actually, hold on, let me roll to see how much sanity you lose. You lose 16 sanity. 
Okay. That brings me down to... Ten. Ten? Ten. No, 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 no. Nine. Twenty-five. You're at nine. Nine. Oh, boy. Dang. Uh, Please make an intelligence roll for me. Okay. That is... Oh, man. A 61 over 60. Okay. This thing is horrific, and you scream and stumble back. I actually think you fall on... Your hand grazes Dr. Weber's loose knife on the ground. So you take uh, just one point of damage. Okay. However, the gravity of it does not grace your mind, and you do not enter into a bout of madness. Okay, that's good. Okay. Um, do I see Dr. Orson do that? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna walk over to him and say, what the hell are you doing? I, I, I needed to know. I, I, I thought I was hallucinating. There's no way that thing's a hallucination. It messed with my mind for a couple days. I didn't even know if anything was real. And you wanted to look at that? I thought you were interested in the stars, not the other way around. Orson's just kind of stammering over his words. I, I I just needed to. Chuck just gives a. What's the right word? A look of disdain and walks away. Henry, Travis. Um, I think Henry's going to check with Louie. Thank you. Okay. Um, Louis is out cold. A quick once over the body uh, shows that he doesn't really have any wounds other than like a couple burns on his hands where he touched the electric fence and a uh, decently sized bruise on his back where he got hit with the butt of Chuck's gun. Um, I think Henry's just going to Pick him up and put him over his shoulders, if he can. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, what's your strength? Um, that's 40. 40. Let me look at Louis's size. Eh, you shouldn't have that hard of a time. You, you hoist him up. And about this time, you see Ahmed run up, who I had forgotten was there the last uh, couple episodes. So we're just going to say that he was out. He was out with the camels. Anywho, uh, Ahmed runs up and he's like, what the fuck just happened? I had gunshots. I had screaming. What's going on? It's, uh, it's, uh, probably better that you, uh, didn't know. I see. Well, it might seem like wise to make a uh, hasty getaway, if you ask me. Uh, Yes, I I, I would rather not be mixed up with the uh, Australian police. Right, yes, uh, let's go, gang. He he looks at all you like, all right, grab your belongings and meet me back down. I'll get the camels all settled and ready to go. And uh, then he he looks over at Weber and just kind of winces. And we'll 
Get out of here as quick as we can. He, he looks at the other three people and just kind of shrugs and whatnot and runs off. Sucks to be them, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, Cookie looks at you guys like, Now, wait a minute. What about us? You're just going to leave us here with this dead body and this... This... This thing? Uh... I mean, no one's asking you to stay. We don't got camels, we don't got horses, we don't got anything. You're trying to leave us here to die, aren't you? Mmm, no. He goes to protest and then shuts up and grumbles and walks away. Rene, still crying, um, mutters something you can't hear, and Benoit also takes her away. Are we the baddies? <laughs> well, no. We weren't the one. We weren't the ones uh, selling questionable water and radiation. This is true. Um, throughout this whole thing, Orson is just like his whole world is being torn apart right now because he believes everything can be uh, logically explained. And he just cannot find a logical explanation for what he saw. Fair enough. So he's just he, he's dissociating out of this conversation and just staring off into the distance. Gotcha. Um, Louie, I want you to make a constitution roll for me. All right, let me go ahead and do that. Okay. So that is a 42 under 45. Okay, cool. Um, you kind of slowly come back to consciousness. Um, uh, you're at one hit point since most of the damage that you took was non-lethal. But you slowly kind of fade back into consciousness and you're swaying on uh, someone's shoulders. I... Uh... Ow. What's, uh... What's going on? It, uh, looks like we've, uh, uh, worn out our welcome here. Feels that way, too. <laughs> so, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're getting out of Dodge. Probably a, uh, good idea. Um, why, why am I in so much pain? Uh, you willfully tried climbing an electric fence. And were also assaulted by a doctor. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't he also beaten up a little bit by me? Yeah, you, you're the one who hit him with the with the gun. Oh yeah, I also cuffed him. Oh yeah, you're handcuffed. I forgot about that. Bruised wrists. <laughs> oh yeah, I should probably unhandcuff him now. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, this is not the worst morning after I've ever had. <laughs> Yikes, you'll have to tell me that story sometime. I, uh, I, um, I'll think about it. Uh, ow, 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 ow. Do we have any of that thick water? Hmm, about that. I don't think you're going to want to use that. Hmm. Well, uh, you're the doctor here. Uh, because someone killed the last one, I guess. Believe me, no amount of maths can explain this. 
Oh god. What was that thing that I saw? It was like a it was like the, the sheep thing. It was it was horrifying. I I don't know. I, I can't explain it. I'm assuming this conversation is going on while you guys are like packing your things and whatnot. Yeah. I can I move? Like I'm at one hit point. Like I'm really beat up. Like how how like how healthy am I? So in game terms, uh you're back at one hit point. But if you get a decent rest, you'll be back up to um I th- well okay, you're at ten. You'll be back up to six. Okay, gotcha. Because the burns from the electricity was was actual damage, whereas what Chuck did was non-lethal. So I don't think this is like part of like the Cthulhu rules, but this is my own homebrew rule because it makes sense to me. Gotcha. Um, if possible, I can do a first aid roll and maybe get him a couple hit points back. Uh, sure. Uh, make a make a roll for me. Eighty-seven. Nope. Um, you actually—he's uh, not going to take any more damage. You—you you try wrapping the burns, uh, but you end up—you shift it, and you end up like actually tearing a little more of the skin. So you—you—you—you you, 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 you call it quits. <laughs> it, sorry about that. Better, better at bullet wounds than burns. Oh, oh, of, of course. Oh, wait, sorry about which part beating the shit out of me or tearing my skin off right there. Listen, you attacked me in the first place. I don't need to apologize about that. Did I? You don't remember? I don't... I, I, I don't think so. I can't remember a lot, actually. Let's let's say that's no one's fault, then. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I... <laughs> um, Louis just kind of looks at the immense figure that is Chuck Steak. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm good at calling it okay. So you pack your things and you head out into the night air where you meet up once again with Ahmed, who has the camels all saddled up. Um, They seem to be a little spooked, probably because of all the gunfire. You load your luggage back onto the animals, hop on and ride off into the night. Okay. Nice. I imagine you go out a couple miles before Ahmed stops and says you know it's no use going all the way to Yida at night we might as well get some sleep yes sir. yeah sounds like a good idea and um you guys set up your camp just like you did a couple nights ago before you got to Mendeley and I imagine not all of you have a very restful sleep definitely not mm-hmm. yeah no if I, th- I think if any of us got a restful sleep, I mean, I'm, I'm, we might be a bit fucked up. Well, I mean, <laughs> the numbers kind of speak for themselves for a couple of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Once again, 630. It's earthquake o'clock and you are woken by the shaking of the earth. You're all very tired. You had a long night. You guys ready to get going again? I actually have a quick question. Yeah. Um, when the uh, the earthquake happened, did anything was was there anything peculiar with the elder sign that I made? Um, not that you could notice. 
this seems to at least be make actually make an intelligence roll for me intelligence roll um all right we have 48 under 65 okay so as far as you can tell these earthquakes are a natural phenomena whether or not an unnatural phenomena is causing it is the question so there's nothing other than its consistency there's nothing odd about the earthquakes if that makes sense okay all right um but yes travis is uh quite ready to get going okay and once again like you have done for so many days you eat your breakfast hop on your hop on the camels and head into the outback sun you guys enter into um, a, a uh, series of like ravines that wind deeper into the mountains. The peaks above you are sharp and jagged, challenging the sky for dominance. And that only lasts for about a day until you, you enter into this large expanse of plains and flatlands. Except they're not quite flat. The entire area seems to be pockmarked with these massive indentations in the ground, which Orson, you will recognize as impact sites. Finally, something natural. Orson would like to make a science check. Okay. Uh, just to see anything he can tell about them. Yeah, uh, actually, I want you to make first a spot hidden do a combined spot hidden mathematics roll. And we haven't actually done combined rolls yet, so let me explain that. Yes, please. You roll one set of dice and then compare it to both numbers. Okay. So say you have a 50 in one and a 60 in the other. You roll the dice and you get a 55. So that's one success on the 60, but a failure on the 50. Okay. Well, here we go. Are you fucking kidding me? That's a 91 over 70 and 75. Oh, oh no. Yikes. I, I, I want to push this, but I don't know how. You're like desperate for something natural that you can explain or something. Something that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he does. He doesn't notice anything abnormal about it or he can't really figure out what's going on here. He isn't, he's not an expert in um, like meteorology, but mm. he he's really wanting to find something here. So is that uh, what would that be enough? Yeah, that works. OK, I'm going to push this, please, please. Oh, OK, that's one success. That's the success for the spot heading. OK. I imagine like you stop the caravan, hop off and just start running across the field, looking at all these for all these impact sites. And eventually you find about a fist sized piece of rock. It's smooth, uh, slightly rounded crust. It's unnaturally heavy in your hands, but you found one of the meteorites. Oh, awesome. Hmm. Uh, how big is it? About fist sized. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to take it with me, of course. Okay. 
Um, and do I notice anything like strange about it? Something that I would know is uh, abnormal? Um, you can make a science geology roll if you'd like. Okay. Um, I only have a science roll. Would that just be what that is? No. Okay. With, with the specifics, it has to, you have to have it in that skill. So just because you're a mathematician doesn't mean you know anything about zoology. Right. So. Okay. Well, I could roll a one. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. You can roll a zero just for the hell of it. Uh, nope. That's about 63 over budget. <laughs> oh, boy. It just seems like a natural piece of rock. All right. Um, I, I suppose I'll just study it when I get back. Uh, Louis. Uh, hey, uh, <coughs> Uh, uh, hey. I I would love some, uh, photographs of this area. Ah, yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. Louis kind of has, like, a thousand yard stare. Like, he's still getting over some, some stuff. Um, uh, Louis? Yeah? Uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah? What's going on? Um, I, I would be happy to, uh, compensate you for some photographs of this area photograph yeah photographs let's um uh 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 i'll tell you what uh no charge as long as i can print them in the newspaper sounds great to me good yep that's that uh uh yep that sounds good um all right all right luby's gonna go around and he's gonna take a bunch of photos of the of the site okay I'm not going to make you roll a uh, arts and crafts roll. You got, you're taking enough time to just like be careful with it. So you're not in, you know, hurry or anything. So. So with that done, you once again remount your camels and resume your journey. As you guys are going through this, these planes, there are these uh, ubiquitous, ubiquitous black bush flies that drive you nuts. You come across some like permanent water holes that are surrounded by gum trees um, populated with flocks of small birds and feral goats. Um, you stop, refill your canteens. Uh, you let the camels drink some and then resume. And a further day of traversing through the gullies and a few creek crossings, you find yourself in a wider valley at the junction of two streams. High cliffs surround the valley on two sides, their walls glittering copper green and blue in the late afternoon sunlight. A few intact buildings remain, and the hills are scattered with ruins of homes, smelters, mine heads, and lost dreams. This is the Yudnamutna. And before you can, like, take in the sight, this ghastly smell hits your noses and um, you hear what sounds like a thunderclap and falling from the sky above you is an arm. Uh, what the fuck? What type of arm? <laughs> like an arm? Of, of <laughs> what the what? fuck you mean what type of arm? I, 
I don't know. Like, I I'm not used to arms just falling out of the sky. Of course I want some distinction on the type of arm. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a fox's arm. What the fuck do you think? <laughs> Go ahead and take a look. Oh, God. Ah, my sanity is going to regret this. I, I <laughs> Louis, takes a Louis takes a look. That's the name of Louis' podcast. Louis takes a look. <laughs> so I was uh, driven insane by this devil sheep once, and uh, it was quite a shock. <laughs> Get it? Get it? Because I electrocuted myself. I'm wasted talent. Anywho, it is not human, nor is it any animal that you've seen before. It is this long sinewy scale covered arm that ends in these almost hoof like appendages at the end of each what could be called fingers it oozes this purplish green substance and releases this horrid chemical smell so yeah I'd like you to make a sanity check oh gosh how big does this appear to be this appears to be like like almost the entire length of Louis. Oh God. Uh -oh. It's a big arm. So real quick, um, before I tell you what I rolled, um, have I regained <laughs> any hit points? <laughs> uh, yes, you are. Um, I'll say you're back at, uh, you're not back at 10, but you're at least you're back at six, which is, um, after resting and stuff like that, you, you'd still need medical attention for the burns before you can be back at 10. But yes, you are at least at six. Whew. Okay, nice. Um, in that case, I rolled a 90 on my sanity check. Um, oh my god. So yeah. You only lose one sanity, um, so that's good. Mm -hmm. You kind of recoil from the sight, and then suddenly you guys hear like almost a reverse thunderclap. Nothing falls from the sky or anything, but it sounds like something closed. Oh boy. Jesus, what the hell was that noise? I, uh, I, um, I, I, I think it was an arm. I, it, it, an arm. It was an arm. Can I take a closer look at the sky from where it fell? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What you gonna do, go up there? Just, just gonna look at it. I'm joking. <laughs> you got me. That wouldn't be spot hidden, would it? Eh, yeah, probably would be a spot hidden. Okay. That's a uh, 33 over 25. Okay. Nothing really seems out of place about the sky. You can't really explain where the sound came from. So I'm going to once again reiterate that um, you guys have uh, arrived at the mine. Uh, you can see a couple buildings off in the distance. But yeah. Hmm. Well, I, uh, I guess we got to go investigate this mine. Oh, boy. I'm not ready. <laughs> wait, wait. F hold on. Why are we? Why do we need to investigate the mine again? We've just been kind of led there by... Um, like talking and interactions and stuff. Um, all right. Forgive my, uh, forgetfulness. It's all good. I completely understand. 
Well, what will we need to be prepared to look around in this mine? Are you talking to Ahmed? Uh, yeah. Well, if you don't have any lanterns or any light source, you're definitely going to need those. But I mean, I haven't been down in a mine myself. I'm a, not a miner. So I couldn't tell you exactly what you needed. Hell, I don't even know it was down there. We uh, might be able to find some supplies around the town or at the, the surrounding area. Yeah, probably. People left in a big hurry, so wouldn't surprise me if things are left around. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not against searching around. Besides, it's not stealing if no one's here to claim ownership. Well, uh, <laughs> as they say, let's uh, let's split up, gang. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, what's the nearest building to us? I'll start with that. Well, hold on a sec. Let me get there. <laughs> Jump in the gun. Um, you spur on your camels, and uh, about 30 or so minutes, you arrive at the main site. It is largely in ruins. The years since it was abandoned have taken their toll, with only the former post office um, fully intact. You look around, you can see abandoned mine shafts and open-cut pits that scatter across this area, um, rusted towers uh, marking their entrances. And in front of the post office building, kind of whistling to himself, uh, petting his big dog with a stack of like books or papers in his hand, who Henry you'll recognize as Ari Jeppard. He's just standing around looking towards a very large hole by these large smelting machines. Oh my god. How did he get out here? Um, I'm gonna... Henry, do you know this guy? This is, uh... This is that bum that was down by, uh... Oh, I forget all the names. Uh, Farina. Farina, that was the one. Uh, guess I should go reintroduce myself. I'm Um... gonna go approach him. Uh, he notices your approach. Ah, what's it? Oh, I know you. You from, uh, from, uh, for Farina. Yes, yes, you're the, uh, you're, 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 you're the one who came in the lodge. You kept my secret, right? You didn't tell nobody. Uh, nope. Didn't tell anybody. Oh, that's good to hear. <laughs> I uh, haven't seen any penguins either, so... Oh, good, good. Uh, I count myself pretty lucky so far. Yeah, you'd, you really don't want to mess with the penguins. <laughs> and he just keeps um, looking off towards um, the uh, all by the uh, smelters. Uh, Ari? Yeah, yeah. H- how did you get out here? I, I walked. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I forgot. You, you got me thinking, and I wanted to uh, 
I wanted to see if the, if the penguins were back. I just wanted to see what the penguins were up to. And, uh, what's in the hole? Oh, that's, uh, that's where the penguins were. That's the number nine edit. That's the edit where the penguins were. Oh. Yeah. You see anything down there? No, no, I don't want to go back in. I just wanted to see if they were around or something, you know? To see if there's a... Uh... I don't, I don't know. Oh, oh, um, oh, I found this. Ah. Uh, you look like the, uh, the book reading's type. Uh, he hands you a leather-bound journal and a couple papers. Yeah, these, uh, uh the, you, you might, you might like these, you know? I, I, I found them in the cottage. Well, uh, well, thank you. I, uh, appreciate that very much. Yeah. Isn't that right, Skip? And he pats his dog. And the dog kind of, uh, um, grunts its approval. Wow. Um, I'm gonna read through what he gave me. Okay. Really quick, what type of dog was this again? Uh, an Alaskan Malamute. Right. Okay. I, I remember it was big. I'm gonna come back to that, Colin. Or Henry. Uh, what are the rest of you all doing? You guys watched as Henry... Uh, had you guys can hear him talking with this guy? Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm just by my uh, camel, uh, and like, like kind of listening on Henry, but kind of not at the same time. And uh, while no one's looking, I uh, grab my my uh, small package again. Is anyone is anyone around looking? Make a luck roll. A luck roll? Yeah. Shit, let me redo that again. 52 under 70. Nope, no one's looking. All right. Um, I unwrap it, take out a small piece, and uh, pop it in my mouth. Seal it up, put it back, make sure no one can see it. And uh, just hang, hang out with my camel. Quite conspicuous. Okay. His name is Jeffrey now. So, Henry, I'm going to send you some stuff in the handouts chat. Well, fuck me. I never Uh, saved them. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, shit. Well, I guess I will read them out loud to you. (laughs) <laughs> Yay. Um, so the first two appear to be ledger notes. Uh, the first is dated October 22nd, 1906. Alfred Barney taken to Adelaide by police after shooting dead his wife, Anne Barney, claims she didn't look right and changed whenever he looked away from her. The next page, February 19th, 1907. R. Beachy found in the lower part of the mine wandering in a terrible state blew himself up when left unsupervised near the explosive depot. Pension to be paid to his wife. Okay, and then the ne- the um, actual book is the um, diary. That is, um, the name on it is Andrew Milloway. And then um, you flip through towards the end. The entries all tell of like lonely star-filled nights and endless hot days. 
Uh, there are um, the only highlights are about two monthly visits from the supply dray. From July 1912 to 1922, there are few entries. You're just flipping through these and taking note. However, starting in mid-February of 1922, the entries go more frequent and describing detail with missing items and the such. You see the name um, H. Jeppart a couple times. Hmm. So what are you guys going to do? Well, I think searching the town for supplies is probably a good start. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Can I start searching? Um, I'm. You don't have to roll. You spend a good like 10, 15 minutes searching around the area and you find um, a couple abandoned lanterns. Um, you find a couple of oil lamps, a couple of flashlights that just barely seem to work. You have enough light for everyone. All right. Uh, I'll distribute lamps. You go to hand one to Ahmed. He's like, no, thank you. I'm staying right out here with the camels. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. More for us then. Uh, what a. What else will we need? Light. Rope. Probably rope. Probably a good idea. Although, I'm guessing rope in a leftover town with no one living in it might be a bit shoddy. Better than no rope. That's also true, but. Does Ahmed have any, uh, rope? I mean, I can, I can lend you some rope, but, uh,. Well, I would like it back. It's good rope. <laughs> uh, of course. We we just want to be safe. Of course, of course. Travis, anything? Not that I can think of. I'm kind of just going along with the flow here. Gotcha. Ari approaches you guys. You guys are going in the mine, aren't you? The number 988. Uh, yep. That's mm-hmm. that's where we're going, Ari. Oh, that's, that's where the penguins are. What? Uh-huh. Yeah, the penguins. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, did you say penguins? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um... The little, little birds that can't fly that look like tuxedos? Yeah, except these these were not like normal penguins, pal, but they were penguins. They were so... Many penguins, they were so rude to me. Just be careful, okay? Stay away from the penguins. I... That... Uh, uh, I think this guy's kind of fucked in the head, guys. It's a pretty astute observation. That's what I'm here for. That and... Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and clean, concise b- banter. <laughs> well, no time like the present. I'm sorry. I just I don't know I'm, what I'm, I'm picturing man. Benny saying that. Just or he says that no time like the present, and then he just takes a seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's just I don't know why. I, I don't think any of us are well equipped to deal with a man looking at us and being like. Stay away from the penguins in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Not a familiar. Uh, It's fair. Yeah, to be fair, I think at least two of us are pretty dumbfounded, me being one of them. Um, So with supplies in hand, you make your way to 
the mineshaft. You pass by these large rusted smelting machines and large steel boilers lying around. So it's a couple of them are on their sides until eventually you find your way to this opening. So there's a, a mine head um, and a winch that seems to go down into the mine itself. All right. Mm. Well, nose goes. Louis puts his finger up to his nose. <laughs> People who are regular height should probably go first. <laughs> uh, does anyone know how to use one of these? Uh, Would Chuck know how to use one of these? Depends. Do you uh, make a mechanical repair roll? Oh, God. Oh, boy. That's a... Um, all right. I'm just going to say the chances aren't pretty that good, you know? Oh, I know. <laughs> you fucked Jacob. All right. I'll... <laughs> yeah, it's a 24. Okay. Oof. No, you've never used one of these before. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. It's not like you can't figure out how to understand how to work a winch system. But probably not how to do it safely. Uh, no, it's more of you try to do it and it gets stuck. It, it's rusted, you know, all that stuff. Um, if you want to keep on trying, uh, you, you don't you can forego the roll. Eh, I'm, I'm not going to bother. That's too low a roll for me. OK. Hmm. Um, uh, Louis will give it a shot. OK, <laughs> I guess. Um, oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> uh that's a 71 over something. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Oh, man. It's rickety, but eventually the two of you do manage to at least bring the platform back up. It's like trying to take... Like trying to take a seized lug nut off. You know, you both take turns at it. You both, you know, struggle. Um, but eventually the platform rises to the top. So, uh, uh, I must reiterate, um, those goes. Um, Orson will just, he'll, he'll just go ahead. Not saying a word. Louis will actually, he'll step on second. Just kind of side to himself and mosey on over. I'll follow on third. Travis will follow fourth. Andrew is bringing up the rear. Hey. All right. One of you pulls a lever and the elevator starts to descend and you descend for about 150 feet until you hit the bottom. Mm. Uh, down here, the air has a sulfurous smell. Small breezes make the lamps burn slightly brighter. It's about eight foot wide and six and six feet tall, supported by timber struts. Uh, the floor is damp and muddy, but the walls gleam and sparkle off the almost pure copper ore. So, what do you guys do? Uh, what's the layout like in front of us? I light a lamp. That's the first thing to oh, do. Good idea. <laughs> I take out my lighter and light a lamp. I assume that you guys lit your lamps on the way down. 
Henry goes three feet without realizing he can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, there's only one tunnel head and it just goes straight on forward that you can see. No way to go but forward then. <sighs> Onward and downward again. Once more. You follow this path for a very long time. The air gets colder and damper the farther you go. The only noises accompanying you is an occasional drip, drip of water hitting the cave floor. And eventually you come to a branch in the tunnel. To the left, the ore seems to continue onward. The right only continues for about another 12 feet before it ends. Well, uh, you know what they say? No, what, no, I don't. What, 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 what did they say? Left is always right. And I go to the left. <laughs> and once again, you follow this for another long period of time until the tunnel starts to widen out and you open into a large cavern. A pile of metal pipes and pumping equipment lie just inside this tunnel. This natural cavern seems to be about 300 or 400 feet across and arches 30 feet above you. Um, most of the cavern is flooded, filled with what appears to be a shallow lake. Um, the walls catch your lamps and gleam with thick veins of pure copper and silver embedded in startlingly white quartz. The water of the lake is dark and still where the water touches it but you can see that there's an opaque layer just a few inches below the surface. On the far side of the cavern, you can easily see a narrow vertical strip of cool purplish light glinting off what may be metal or glass. But that is what lies before you. Ooh. Well, uh, I'm gonna... I'm gonna... I'm gonna see if I can make my way towards that uh, shining light. Okay. Uh, if anyone would like to make a spot hidden check, go ahead. I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that too. Travis shall also. Louis kind of worried <laughs> for himself. <laughs> uh, for right. Orson, that is a 38 under 75. Okay. I got a 33 under 80 for Louis. Got a 44 under 70 for Chuck. Travis also got a uh, 35 uh, under 45. Gotcha. So all of you see that w that opening appears to be a partially closed doorway lit from a chamber beyond. Um, you also see a narrow ledge skirting the perimeter of the cavern, which seems to be out maybe two foot wide. Your eyes also light on a couple crates that lie somewhat concealed in by the cavern wall. The crates are labeled with uh, worn letters that spell out Nobel explosives. Oh boy. Um, the, 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 uh, uh, that's worrisome. I, I, I feel personally. Uh, and the crates are the crates are by you. I would have to agree. That does seem extremely worrisome. Um, hmm. I'm going to crack one open. <laughs> okay. You take some time. The wood is pretty, pretty old and musty. So you don't really need like a crowbar or anything. And you open up the, the crate and inside is 
lots of dynamite. However, the dynamite looks a little weird. It almost seems like it's sweaty in a way. There are like pockets of moisture that are formed on the outside of it. Um, can I make a uh, chemistry roll? Okay. Uh, okay. Roll Arena. Ooh, baby, that is a f- that is a five under thirty. Oh, geez. Okay. So, you're not a munitions expert, mm-hmm. but your time in the military has told you sweaty dynamite is very volatile. Oh. Like an, an errant twitch can set it can set it off. Oh no, this is not good. Ah, uh, okay. Um, uh, uh, guys, um, I think it's in our best interest to uh, uh, just not touch the dynamite. Um, it's. I think. I think it's about to blow. If if we if we mess with it. You you know what? I I like to go back to a previous point. Why the fuck are we even here? <laughs> <laughs> like, <clears throat> I second that. I, uh. I would love nothing more than to go back to the Miskatonic and study these meteorites. This <laughs> seems extremely dangerous. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like I brought it up earlier, and I was like, why are we going here? And now I'm questioning again. Because we can. You can do a lot of things. I can do heroin, but I'm not. We're literally insane. Some of us are. Mind sanity. Nine, 9% of, of a regular person's sanity. Or 18, if you think it's 50. And with this thought of why are you here, the earth rumbles beneath your feet, and you see movement in the light of the cave beyond. And that is where we'll end our session for tonight. Sincerely thank you for listening to our strange story tonight, and we hope it gave you chills and thrills alike. Join us next time for the finale of Long Way From Home, Land Down Under. Follow us on social media. We are Tales from the Orn Library official on Facebook and at Orn Library Pod on Twitter. Additionally, you can visit our website at talesfromtheornlibrary.com, where you can view all the handouts used in the show thus far. And until next time, remember, the library is always open.